And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. This episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. And as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Wrap it up, fans. Raptors fans. How are y'all feeling right now? I think the city's on a wave right now as the Raptors have extended their winning streak, a franchise best winning streak, a Canadian sports best winning streak to fifth games. I'm going to say it again a little louder in the back. 15 game winning streak after a 137-126 victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in as you do live after each and every Toronto Raptors game to this, the Wrap It Up podcast live on Twitter. Your only Raptors post-game show. Live and interactive there is. We're here with you. Live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, taking your comments and questions all throughout the show. Same thing goes for Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. Comments and questions there as well, because this is about you, people. This I want, I want to hear from the fan base. How are we feeling right now, watching this team continue their dominance in this run, in this title defense, in their attempt to repeat as NBA champs? I'm so hyped right now, but it's not just me here. I'm here with my guy, Q. Q, what's going on? How are you feeling? I'm good. Just another, just another, just another day at the office for the Raptors, right? <laughs> Hold on. You say that. You say that. Yep. But I think when we first started talking before the game, right? And also when I left work today, I could say the mood was a little weird in Raptor Land, right? Definitely. I mean, after winning your last 14 games coming into tonight, mm-hmm. we should know by now to not underestimate this squad. Definitely. But with that said, you come into this game. Kyle Lowry, you find out, is going to play after missing the last game with Whiplash. Yeah. But as Kyle comes into the lineup, Serge checks out of the lineup as he has the flu. So now you find yourself going against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who basically just revamped their whole entire roster. Yep. They got Cat's best friend. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell's going to make his debut. Yep. And they just put a spanking on the li- on the Clippers. They, they laid the smacketh down on the Clippers. And... Now you have this team with their dynamic duo talking a pregame about how they they got tickets ready for the home debut. Yep. Right? They're hype. They're feeling nice. And Kat, who is supposed to be one of the top dudes in the league, at least one of the top bigs in the league, who's mad that he didn't make the all-star team, mm-hmm. is now in a position where there's no Marc Gasol. And we all know about the Gasol flu. Yep. Right? But there's no Gasol. There's no surge. And so you're talking about Chris Boucher and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson would be the Raptors' bigs, as, as well with Siakam. Yeah, yeah. But those are the Raptors' bigs in this game. And I can't lie to you, when I saw that the point spread, which is something we talk about sometimes, not really, but I saw the spread was 8.5 going into this game. <laughs> I thought, whoa, I don't know. Like I feel like the Raptors will win the game because they just continue to find ways to win. But I was still a little bit worried about how this game would go. But the thing I did say was if Towns puts up anything less than 30 and 20 in this game, he's sus. 
And as I pull up the box score, he didn't get the thirty. He didn't get the twenty. <laughs> the trusty box score. And a lot of the, a lot of the even a lot of those points and rebounds were garbage minutes. Carl Anthony Towns finished with twenty three points and ten rebounds. Okay. Yep. Rondé Hollis Jefferson finished with twenty one points and six rebounds. Yep. Did you see the field goals? Field goals. The field goals. Uh, attempts and made. Towns took thirteen shots. Five of thirteen for Towns. Yep. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, 8 of 13. That, my friends, is what we call unacceptable. Yep. That's terrible. Yep. So beyond that, let's let's flip that because they have their own problems. Screw them, whatever. We're hyped because the Raptors are on a 15-game winning streak. And to me, the beauty of that, I just told you Rondé's stat line. And to me, this is a difference in the game. This is a difference in this Raptors team when you compare them to anyone else in the league. And I'm going to start here. The last game, there's no Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. And you have Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas coming off the bench, filling those guard minutes and putting in mega work. Yep. This game, there's no Serge Ibaka. Nope. And here comes Rondé Hollis-Jefferson filling the void with those 21 points. How did this team continue to do this night in, night out, next man up? How is this a thing? It's just, uh, I don't even know. (laughs) It's getting to the point where it's just unexplainable. It's because it's, I was saying, like, remember what I was saying against the second game against Indiana? I was like, this is the game where if you get blown out of your gym, yeah, you know, it's okay, and right? Yeah, it didn't happen, didn't happen. Then you come into this game, no surge, no, nobody in your lineup taller than 6'8. Sorry, Boucher, <laughs> but Boucher again didn't play too many minutes, nope, not really, right? Against supposedly one of the best bigs in the league, yeah. Who just got his buddy first game? The first first game with a dynamic duo. Yeah. Nothing. And he, he he didn't get to go soft flu, but he caught the paint flu because <laughs> he thought he was just going to shoot threes all game. This team, I just love the way that the bench guys step in and it's next man up, but also the starters come in with the mentality of, okay, one of our guys are down, so we got to pick up the slack and. We've seen this theme before. If you follow this team, you know the resume of Kyle Lowry, where he has his moments where he just says, you know what? I got us tonight. Right? Like, he just comes out with that mentality and says, I'm going to push the ball. I'm going to push the pace. I'm going to get everyone involved. The difference this year, I think, is that you're seeing that from Kyle, but you're also seeing him get his scoring numbers up as well at the same time. And if I tell you Kyle Lowry finished with 27 points and 11 assists, I'm more impressed with how the game started because the Raps came out, they hit their first eight shots, if I'm not mistaken. They got out to a great run, and the problem was really they weren't playing defense, Mm -hmm. but their offense, he's getting everyone going, and everyone was feeling good early, whether it was Fred, particularly OG, Rondé getting the start, which he's not used to, and of course, Pascal. But how key is Kyle Lowry, and how big was it to see him get off to such a good start after missing the last game with Whiplash? Yeah, I think he just, he's got that vet mentality. Like, he just, he, he's the uncle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's the, he's the big uncle, and he's just bringing the kids along yeah. for, for a nice day at the park. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, mm-hmm. he gets them going. I love the he's way still too, the leader, yeah. I love the way, too, that he leads the offense, right? Like, yeah. he's pushing the pace. You saw him throw lead passes to OG, throw lead passes to Pascal, to Rondé. Like, he's setting the pace of the game. And it's something we talked about Fred doing so well in the last game against the Nets. So you know that it's a system thing. 
right? Like no matter what, come in the game, push the pace, force the defense to make plays, push the defense on their heels and really don't let them get comfortable. And to be honest, if you're the Timberwolves, you came out and you tried to run with the Raps. I mean, it was 40 to 36 after the first quarter and they were scoring at such a high clip as well. But at the end of the day, you just don't have the pieces. You don't have the, you, we don't believe you. You need more people, yeah. right? You can't keep up with the Raptors running because the Raptors are just way deeper than you. Yeah. And when you got Pascal, you know, feeling spicy tonight, 34 points, five assists, six rebounds, two steals and a block just cause, how can you beat this team if you're a squad like the Minnesota Timberwolves basically relying on two guys? You can't because what happened was the third quarter came around and the Raptors switched it up on them mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, let's play some defense now." Yep. And Minnesota can't Minnesota can't mess with the Raptors no. when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. No. Minnesota went from 36 in the first quarter, 39 in the second quarter to 19 points in that third. Yeah. And you know what the Raptors went in the locker room at halftime and what the focus was yep. that like this is unacceptable. We can't be giving up 35 plus points in a quarter and you come out and give up 19 in that third and lots of people to talk about in this Raptor game, because obviously when you put up 137, that's one thing, but when four of your five starters are over 20 points, everybody had it cooking. Everybody was getting some and a guy who's been, let's say a hot button issue this season, Mr. OG Ananobi, he had a pretty good game, 10 of 13 from the floor, Three of four from three-point land. OG finishes with a career-high 25 points. Also add in 12 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and a block. Just because it's the Raptors. And so steals and blocks are something that a lot of guys on this team do. Yeah. But OG, when you see him playing like that, what was the key for him tonight on the offensive end? Um, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Kyle Lowry giving him, getting him the ball in places where OG is going to be effective. Yeah. Cutting to the basket, mm-hmm. or or Kyle driving to the lane and finding OG wide open for a three, mm-hmm. right? It, it's just he he make he makes the game easy for OG. Yeah, he makes the game easy for a lot of the Raptors. Yeah, right. Totally, totally. And then then there's the matchup, right? You're not thinking OG is this offensive threat. So a lot of times you're putting on OG, you're putting on a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. Again, OG gets into the paint where that's one place where OG can be effective offensively yeah. is in the paint where he's 6'8", strong, big body, and can, can finish at the rim. So Kyle Lowry won, and the fact that, you know, when you're game planning against the Raptors, remember, remember OG is the fifth option. Maybe you take Serge and Mark out of the, maybe yeah. OG moved up to being the fourth option today. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. at at that point, you're not you're not getting the other team's best defender. And the big thing here, I think, so Pascal shoots fourteen for twenty one. Mm-hmm. OG shoots eight for thirteen. Sorry, OG was ten for thirteen. Rondé was eight for thirteen. Kyle is nine for 16, and then you have Fred at five for 13. But you have four of your five starters shooting at such a high clip, and the Raptors are the team that can turn on the defense, whereas you look at Towns and D'Angelo, when they needed a stop, 
I mean, you had possessions where Freddie's looking at these dudes like disrespect, yeah. <laughs> right? Like he's looking at them, <laughs> cooking them, burying shots, and just walking my dad in the court like, really? Like this is soft, yeah. right? Like <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. It's and then it, on the other side. Oh man. <laughs> You got Carl Anthony Towns, who's seven foot, backing down the five foot eleven, Fred, Fred, Kyle, and Kyle, and he can't and, do it. and and couldn't couldn't budge him. It's it makes no sense. None. I posed a question on my Insta, on my Twitter feed because uh, if you're paying attention online, there's there's Joel Embiid made some waves with some in some Twitter comments mm -hmm. that he made earlier, and it just made me think like, which big guy would I least want to have on my team? Towns or Embiid. I don't know. It's a toss-up. But this, it's just such a different... Whichever one whichever one decides to put down their cell phone <laughs> and stay off Twitter and get their ass in the gym. But it's, it's just such a different mindset from what you see on the Toronto Raptors. And I want to go through something for a second, right? Because let's look at this, okay? Carl Anthony Towns is a number one overall pick. Yep. D'Angelo Russell is what? A two pick or I three? I think D'Angelo was a two, I believe. So let's let's take a look at something here. We talk all the time about what the Toronto Raptors draft history is and where all these guys were drafted for the Toronto Raptors, or maybe more so where these guys weren't drafted right. because they're undrafted dudes. And you have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns who you're begging to like get in the post or take a charge or do any little thing that's like a little bit nitty gritty. Yep. Right? Meanwhile, you look at the Toronto Raptors squad. And you have Kyle just taking charges left, right, and center. You have Rondé who comes in, and the only thing he wants to do is mix it up in the post, right? <laughs> you have Pascal going hard, playing at both ends of the floor. Same thing with Freddie. Same thing with Boucher. McCaw's only out there to run up and down and play defense. Like, it's so crazy. And it made me look up the Minnesota Timberwolves because sometimes I think we, we forget. I shouldn't say we forget. Because we remember Masai's dope. Yeah. But I think we don't fully grasp just the job and how lucky we are as a Toronto Raptors fan base mm -hmm. that we get to cheer for this team because there's so much talk. And, hey, I've fallen victim to it over the years as well, talking about tank this, tank that, blah, blah, blah. And I look at a team like the Timberwolves who haven't been good since KG left. They made the playoffs <laughs> once, yep. and that was only because Jimmy Butler – and when Jimmy Butler got hurt, they almost blew it and didn't make the playoffs. It took them uh, a last season, a last game play-in. But yep. the point that I'm trying to make here is look at this Toronto Raptors team, how they play, how it's next man up, how it's all undrafted guys. And I'm just going to go back to, what, 2005 and read you all of the lottery picks that have been on this Minnesota Timberwolves team compared to who are the lottery picks on the Raptors? Rondé? Rondé. So, okay, 2005. Rondé and Stanley Johnson. <laughs> 2005, Rashad McCants went 14th, okay? 2006, Brandon Roy was traded to Portland, Portland. for Randy Foy, who went 7th, okay? So, 2007, Corey Brewer went 7th. 2008, OJ Mayo went 3rd, but was then traded to Memphis, right? And who did they yep. trade for OJ Mayo in that one? Kevin Love, right? Kevin Love for OJ Mayo, that was the deal? Yes. That was the deal. Kevin Love for OJ Mayo. So, okay. Kevin Love is the one player that they've drafted that was really good. And what could they do with Kevin Love? They couldn't even make the playoffs. They traded him for Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. 
And we know how that all played out, right? But at least they got Kevin Love was at least a good player yeah. that was dropping 20 and 10 for them. So that's one dude. Okay. Uh 2009, that's the year they took Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn ahead of Steph Curry. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? So, so they so they didn't mess up once, but they messed up twice. <laughs> 2010 at number four, they took Wesley Johnson. 2011 at number two, they took Derek Williams, who's not even in the league anymore, right? Nope. <laughs> 2013, they took Trey Burke and traded him. Uh, 2014, they took Zach Levine. We know they traded Zach Levine as part of the Jimmy Butler deal. Uh, then you get. Towns in 2015, who's still there. And then you have Chris Dunn in 2016, who was also part of the Jimmy Butler deal. Uh, Markkinen, they also sent him the next year in the Jimmy Butler deal. And yeah, Jarrett Culliver now. So all of those lottery picks, they still have Jarrett Culliver, who, I mean, enough time hasn't passed yet for them to trade him, yeah. right? Because it's only been one year. And Towns. That's it. They tried to flip Jimmy Butler into something, but Butler was like, I'm getting out of here because <laughs> Wiggins, Wiggins and Towns don't want the smoke. And I feel like Jimmy Butler's been proven right yeah. in that case. And the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you got to look at the Toronto Raptors team. And when you look at this Toronto Raptors roster, it is absolutely incredible when you talk about OG Ananobi being picked, what, 20th? Like, where was OG drafted? Yeah, end of the first. And it's just like, you look at these guys, OG was 23rd, okay? So you have Pascal picked in the 20s, OG picked in the 20s, Freddie's undrafted, Terrence Davis undrafted, Boucher undrafted. Like, it's incredible to think about how much your structure of your organization matters in terms of getting the right players who want to put in work. And this is the NBA, people. This is This is where... Stars are supposed to shine. Yeah. And this is what the Raptors are doing. This is what the Raptors are doing with this next man up attitude. And it's just incredible that they think they can run up and down and just shoot threes. And that's going to be the way to get things done. And yeah. hey, the Raptors can trade buckets with you for a while. But eventually, they're going to say, all right, we need to get some stops. Let's play defense. Let's get serious. And that's basically what happened in that third quarter. Yep. Jam done. Raptors and play defense. T-Wolves don't. There's no next gear. Yeah. And I think what when you talk about draft picks, because I, I used to do this a lot with 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 uh, with the Raptors back in the pre Masai days. Is it <laughs> is it's not only it's not only it's not only who they choose. I just like how you clarified that. Yeah, they have to the pre Masai days. days. So it's not only who they choose. Because like if you go through that list and if if you're ever a fan of college basketball, yeah. Rashad McCann's was a beast. Like some of these mm -hmm. players were were you know if you would have had that pick, yeah, you you probably would have considered at least considered them. Yeah, but like not you, everything is horrible. Yeah. Not everything is taking Ricky Rubio, right, and, and Johnny and Flynn. Johnny Flynn right. over Steph Curry, right. But that's but that's, that's the thing is so they might have been decent college players at the time, mm -hmm. but then you look at who was drafted after them. Okay, and that's where you tell the difference between guys who, you know, what I mean like. The average basketball fan would probably have picked some of those guys. Yeah. Right? I see what you're so saying. That's the difference between just being an avid fan or doing this professionally as your job, getting paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to build a team, mm -hmm. and you can't make mistakes like that. 
Well, the, the other part of it too is I think just doing your research more so than you're talking about guys who were in college and who yeah. are really good players, yeah. but there's more to it in terms of the kind of guys you're bringing into your exactly. organization, right? Exactly. There's like the mentality that these guys have. What is their work ethic like? Are these guys coming in and are they willing to work and pay the price to to eat dirt for a bit? Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Whereas, like every year before the draft, there's 110 mock drafts that everybody who claims to be an expert, some people are just, mm-hmm. you know, couch potatoes sports fans, yeah. that put out their mock draft, right? Yep. And these are just they just do it based off who is the hot guy in college right now, right? And it seems like a lot of these teams that continuously are in the lottery, continuous 10 years, 15 years. Kind of just looked at the with the mock draft that they liked and just picked that player yeah. without doing their own research and figuring out is this the type of guy I want to invest? You yeah. know, the second round pick still makes about ten million dollars over, you know, the first two two three years. Yeah, like I mean, if you do a good job in in, in figuring out, okay, Norm Powell has something that I want. There's right. something in Norm Powell that you know makes me think that maybe he can turn into something. And exactly. it's taking a while, yeah, but. That's all right. But we also know, too, the advantage of what Masai's done. You know, Pascal Siakam is someone that he followed from the Basketball Without Borders. Right. Right? Like, he's followed his glow up as a young, as a real youngster before actually taking him in the draft. There's so many things that go into it. But also, the force set is Nick Nurse. And just what Nick Nurse has done with these guys in terms of, I say this all the time, which I think is so important, and I don't mean this as a knock on Dwayne Casey because I think it's just a difference in style, right? right? But Casey was a guy who I keep reminding us as we're going to watch Pascal Siakam this weekend be a starter in the NBA All-Star game, right? right? That just three years ago, Dwayne Casey wouldn't allow him to dribble. Yeah. Right, Kyle Lowry had to go beg Dwayne Casey to allow Siakam to dribble the ball up the floor. And to see where that has gone in just three years is incredible. And Matt Devlin said the stat during this game where Pascal Siakam has 27 games this season in which he's scored 20 or more points. And heading into this season, he had 27 games total where he scored 20 or more points. And obviously, 26 of those came last year alone. Exactly. So... The rise of Pascal Siakam has been crazy. The stats to back that up are just crazy. As Pascal had his 13th 30-plus point game this season. Raps are 11-1 in the previous 12 games that he's done that. And to see the glow up of this guy, and then compare it to someone who, like Kat, who was a high school All-American, he was getting gassed coming out of high school, going to Kentucky, babied at Kentucky by Coach Cal, now babied in the league, instead of Pascal, who's had to grind it out at where, San Diego, no, where'd Pascal go? New Mexico State. New Mexico State. I was about to say San Diego State, (laughs) but I'm getting my wrong state colleges mixed up. Obviously, San Diego State is uh, Kauai, but to see just the difference of how these guys come up and the grind the difference of the grind and the mentality and how these guys are coddled in terms of given stuff as opposed to earning every single inch. It's crazy to see. It's crazy to see. And I know that a lot of it does also come down to the environment that you're with. And right. Pascal was probably blessed to come into a situation where you had OGs like Kyle and Damar who are already there, who are yep. already established, who already who also busted their ass to get to where they're yep. at. Whereas Towns comes in and 
it's just him free reign, free reign until they get Jimmy and he doesn't know how to act yeah. <laughs> around Jimmy. Exactly. But it's it's really odd, isn't it? It's yeah. super odd. But I think I think like you got to go back. Like when you go back, like let's stick with Minnesota and Kevin Garnett and Kevin Garnett gives Sam Mitchell a lot of credit for yeah. For, and Malik Seeley too, right? right yeah, yep. for for being those those father figures and right because you come into you got to remember these guys are coming into the league eighteen Kids. nineteen years old. Your kid given ten million dollars and they say, hey, be a man, mm-hmm. right? So it takes a Sam Mitchell and, and guys like that to kind of take you under the wing and show you how to be a man, basically yeah. a man if not uh, or a pro, right? Mm-hmm. Where Siakam yeah. comes comes in and you like like you said he had Kyle, he has Demar, he had Serge, yeah. right? Another African, you know, that they have that kind of bond there going, right? So, yeah. just mentors. Yeah, totally. Right? It's way different. It, it's it's just an interesting comparison, and that's all I was thinking about during the game while looking at how the careers have gone and how the franchise has gone mm-hmm. in Minnesota and in Toronto. It's super interesting to see, but also on top of that, from Masai to Bobby Webster to Nick Nurse. This Raptors season, man, to say that you're at, I don't, and a, a lot of people try to throw out, oh, well, who have you played during this win streak? It's like, you're at 15 wins, right? Even yeah. if you played one of the teams or two of the teams twice, that's still almost half the league, Yeah, right? That you've gone through. So who cares who you played? Like 15, that's just a legit win streak saying that you're hitting a wave right now and you're putting in mega mega work so you have no choice but to respect what this toronto raptors team is doing and how they're doing it yeah. that's the thing and and you know there's talk today one of the guys at work asked a question about uh is this team better than last year's team like is that even a conversation and to be honest i hate that conversation because yeah. i feel like last year Kawhi told us it was 82 practices which tells me the wins and loss record means nothing right which tells me he didn't care unless he's going up and seeing KD. So wins and losses mean nothing. But even if I remove last year from the equation, this year, I don't even care what the record is. I'm so much more impressed by how they're doing it as opposed to the actual wins and losses. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just how they pull it off. Like, someone's down, doesn't matter. Kyle's down, here comes Terrence Davis. Matt Thomas doesn't even play, comes off the bench last game, puts up what a 20 spot it's just like incredible how they're doing it that's the thing that is so amazing to me this season that has made this so much fun to watch and i I, and i don't think you can separate the two i don't think this season happens without last season interesting right okay being an nba champion that that's got to put something Mm -hmm. you know what i mean some pride in you right and then and then just and then again, c- coming off of that championship, Kawhi and Danny leave, and now everybody's doubting you as if y- your championship was only due to them, right? So I think Fred comes into the season, and goes, but wait, I went up against Steph, and I won that matchup, right? Siakam goes, don't, hey, hey I'm still here, yeah. NBA's most improved player. Kyle's like, I've ne- I've been here for seven years, right? So they 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 still have that that almost that that underdog. Yeah. I'm gonna fight. I still got lots to prove here, yeah. right? So that none of that happens without last year. It's right? interesting, and like just uh, again going back to where they are in their careers. Yeah. Fred's still trying to get that bag. Pascal got his bag, but now he wants to prove that he's earned that bag. Yeah. 
Kyle is still trying to prove, no, I still got lots left in the tank. Right. Surge is on an expiring, so he's got something yeah. to prove. OG's going to come off his rookie deal, so he's got something to prove. And even Masai, right? Mm -hmm. Masai, like he said, his, his goal was a championship. They don't win last year. We might not have Kyle, Mark, and Serge still on the team right now, True. right? He might be going in, trying to still trying to improve and and not giving them this this second run at it, yeah. right? So a lot a lot of things change if last year doesn't go the way it went. Yeah. So I don't think you can just say this team is better than last year because they're not what they are this year without, without the experience year. of last year. And I still buy into the fact that watching. All the starters, Kawhi included, but watching those guys last year, and you still have Kyle this year, but I think watching it last year, the the mentality that those guys had in terms of we can win games and control games on the defensive end, we have that extra gear that we can turn it up, that I think is one of the biggest things to transfer over to this season. Offense is easy. You share the ball, you pass the ball, everyone can get involved, pass up good shots for better shots, and that's easy. Defense is where you'll win in this league, and I think that's pretty big. But let's get to some comments here. I know we were fired up after this game as the Raptors win again, a, their 15th straight game. Again, 15 straight wins. I'm going to keep repeating that just because it sounds so ridiculous, right? It's something that I wouldn't have thought this team would be capable of doing. But the Raptors win 137 to 126 in a game where you got your high score, Pascal Siakam with 34 points, Kyle Lowry with 27. Again, four of the five starters getting over 20 points. And let's get to our Ask on Blast segment where we just take your comments and questions as we do live on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Glow Girl Smile checks in and says, I told you OG is fine. Need him for defense and get him going with easy buckets. We say this a lot, mm -hmm. but how much do you see, not just with OG, but even with Pascal, get a couple buckets going to the cup, then step outside, and suddenly the three-point shot happens to fall? You just get a feel for the ball. The, yeah. the ball, after you've made a couple baskets, some easy basket, the ball just feels, it just feels lighter in your hand. It does. Right? And then, and then you just make, you just... How you, it puts confidence in you, and you just throw the shot up, and it, it just seems to just go in. Yeah. Right? Uh, Logan cosigns and says, I told y'all, OG was not to be traded. I mean, hey, OG's doing his thing. He says, my thoughts of the, on the day, OG can be that guy to put us over the top. Also asks, is Fred a Team USA snub? I mean... Team USA, no, I don't think Fred Van Fleet is a Team USA snub. It's when Zion's not on the team, John Moran's not on that list, yeah. and neither is Trey Young. Trey Young, yep. So, no, to answer your question, but still a good question either way. We take your comments and questions, right? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Juha on Instagram says, Cat is more sensitive than Katie's burner accounts. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cat slander in here. Yeah. Uh, Omen says, Cat can't even post up on Rondé or OG. Wow. Uh, he, couldn't he couldn't post on Kyle and Fred. It's true. Uh, Dante, I think this is Dante. Cat wipes spaghetti sauce off D'Lo's bottom lips with his hands. What? I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know what that means, but... <laughs> 
That was one that normally I should have read before in my head before yeah. reading it aloud. <laughs> but, uh, another comment, kudos to Hustle Jefferson for stepping up as center and playing his ass off. Rondé, man. Rondé is just a solid vet. He's been such a good and underrated pickup by Masai. Yeah. And it took a while for him to get into the rotation. But now that he's gotten in, he's proven to be so valuable to this team, no? And it's just a team like they, they share the ball, right? And I think they I think they appreciate the hustle. They appreciate the second chances, the tip balls, the defense, and you know, they both Fred and Kyle give Rondé the ball. And at one point I was like, You don't wanna he, he he's had a lot of shots today. You know what I mean? And he, he and even though he was, you know, he missed a couple layups inside, yeah, but he was getting to the line, but it's just like they, they, they rewarded him for his hustle. Yeah. Right? And you know, you know what they always used to say, like you gotta let your you know, your big man that, that is rebounding and blocking shots, you gotta reward him on the other end. But you know, Rondé is not exactly a, a big like a, a center like that, but they, they they still appreciate his hard work and hustle, especially going up against a cat, seven foot cat. Yeah. And they gave him the ball. And you know, he didn't disappoint with it. He's 20 points, right? So <laughs> there's so much Carl Anthony Towns. Like, I'm trying to read fine comments that are not just straight dissing Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. but it's like a full line of who has the best one liners. I see cat uh, asked to be the little spoon, cat <laughs> can't dominate a bowl or rice. Like, there's just so much just <laughs> random, like, there's so much random Carl Anthony Towns slander in this chat. Um, let me see what else. I'm gonna bounce back to to Twitter here and see. Uh, Blackhawk says, "Talk about next man up." Raptors on. JC says, 15 baby." Hell yes, this team is so much fun to watch. Cron uh, says, "Big boy win." I don't even care. They just torched the Clippers and Kawhi. That's in reference to what you were saying yeah. in terms of the T Wolves, and you could see how that how that could happen, right? Because the way that they offensively started tonight against the Raptors, it was just the Raptors matched their offense. But yeah. if you come out slow in this game, while they were cooking like they were in the first quarter, you could get one out of the gym pretty easy against this team, no? Yeah, and I think, and I think, I mean, if you look at at the lineup that they started, um, Jordan McLaughlin. Undrafted guy, mm-hmm. right? So they have they they had a lot of guys playing that were finally getting a chance in the NBA, yeah, and had something to prove and wanted to prove something, right? So yep. so they they almost started a lineup like imagine the Raptors a couple years ago, yeah. right? Before the championships, before the playoffs, with you know with the with that with the bench mob, then we started they almost started like a bench mob type of lineup. And guys that you know, Malik Beasley coming out of Denver, where he was riding the bench, finally got some some good playing time, and and you know they had something to prove and show that they could ball. Totally true, totally true. More comments here on Instagram. Diversified Youth says our backcourt is sh- shocking the world right now. For those who haven't hooped, two small guards are not supposed to dominate. I totally agree with that. I'm yep. stunned. I still go back to the first game of the season. When they announced, or I think it was, I think it was right before the first game of the season yeah. where they announced their starting lineup, and I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe this is just a matchup thing. Yeah. Are they going to go with this for the whole year? Is he going to shuffle it?" And no, every time that they've been together, everyone's been healthy. This is the starting lineup we've seen, 
And I'm going to be honest, I've been stunned that it's worked. Do I believe that it will work still in the playoffs? I don't know. I want to see it work yeah, in the playoffs. Definitely. But 50, what, four games in? 54 games in, <laughs> it's a success. <laughs> and that, that small backcourt is playing large. Yes, very large. How do you see this playing out? Or don't do that. How have what has been the key to their success to you so far this season? Why has it worked to you, in your opinion? I think one, the other team, the way the league is set up, where where you know every team kind of has their big two or big three, mm-hmm. it leaves a fourth or fifth guy that you don't really have to guard. Okay, and if you watch a lot of the games, yeah. Kyle and Fred kind of take turns guarding that guy who doesn't get the ball. For sure. Right? So, you know, it's not like they're going up against, you know, like you put out Portland, for example, where, the, where they're going at Damon CJ mano mano, right? Mm-hmm. Kyle or, or one of them would switch off and guard. Simeon's or what's that? <laughs> Simon's? Yeah. What's that guy's name? Or, I know you're right. Or, yeah, or, or yeah. when they had uh, Bazemore or something, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they. The way they the way they they play defense and 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 kind of switch her zone and switch all the time it, yeah. it just it, it, it kind of masks their deficiencies mm-hmm. in size. Yeah, I also think too they they've been they've done such a great job of using it to their advantage in terms of pushing the pace. Yeah. Now you have an extra ball handler who can get it, the ball out and go. And they're playing with the same mentality in terms of continue to push the ball, continue to push the pace, and they're going downhill. Yeah. Right? Like, that's been the key. So when you have two guards, two point guards, both playing like that, most teams don't have the defenders yeah. to match up with that. Right. And, and let me get let me let me give Kyle and Fred some credit, a lot of credit. right? So I'm not saying that they're just hiding them and they're not yeah, playing yeah, defense yeah. at all, but in that they're guarding. Usually they'll say like Kyle will guard like the small forward or power forward or whoever is less likely to get the ball. In the post, he's still fighting. Yeah, and right? I think it throws off the other team exactly because they think okay we can post this guy up, and now they're doing something unorthodox right. with their offense, trying to play some perceived mismatch exactly. right like oh we can post up hazonia on <laughs> kyle lowry and it's like yep. no you can't yeah <laughs> right? exactly and then <laughs> that guy gets the ball and goes oh i got a small guy on me and drives <laughs> and then the whistle blows offensive foul charge ball's going the other way nine times out of ten. Oh yeah oh yeah more slander of carl anthony towns alex says cat asked for a fork and spoon at sushi bars <laughs> Yo, what is going on right now? Cat goes to Sears for couple of shoots with D'Lo. <laughs> Yo, what is happening right now, man? Uh, a lot of talk in the chat about Nick Nurse, Coach of the Year. Are you buying that Nick Nurse buzz for Coach of the Year this season? I think if things continue to play out the way they are and the Raptors still have a top three, top four record when the season's done, he's got to get it. I agree. I totally agree. You add in the fact that you lose Kawhi Leonard, you lose Danny Green, another vet. Yep. But then on top of that, all of the injuries Definitely. that you've had to starters and the different starting lineups you've had to put out there, all the undrafted players you'd have to put out there. And it's not like the East is way weaker than the West or anything right. like that. The East is legit. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me you're going to finish second or third in that Eastern Conference? That's definitely coach of the year. And yep. a lot of people agree. Gordon says, 
the best coach in the NBA, Nick Nurse. Uh, Mike says Nick Nurse is definitely the coach of the year. Yeah. Strong I think, delusion says Nick Nurse is a MacGyver coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think where in years past you would have thought this this team in Toronto doesn't get the buzz. They've been on ESPN a couple times now. They got the Christmas game. You remember that that win streak with when uh when Fred uh, sorry when Kyle and and Serge went out early yep. and they had that winning streak and you know held Dame to nine points and yeah. and they beat the Lakers had, like, and twelve or something right LeBron so the, so that 18, brought them yeah. some notoriety. Now he's coaching in the All Star game. Now they got this win streak going. So so he he's in the spotlight now, right? Totally, totally. It's great to see Nick Nurse getting getting some love, right? Because a lot of the talk about what happened last year, if you really watch the team, you could tell the main differences that they were doing a lot of things differently than they were before. And so you could tell that yes, as a coach, who's making a difference, but also. Just hearing enough of the stories about Kawhi Leonard talking about Nick Nurse, you knew that Nick Nurse was doing a coaching job. Yeah. But from elder sources, right, mm -hmm. they might have thought, okay, well, he was the assistant and they got Kawhi. That's why they're doing such a good job. Right. But if you really pay attention and you think of the defenses that my guy just throws out randomly, being able just to know how to pull the right strings, I always go back to the Terrence Davis game yep. where he benched him the night before, then started him. You know, every time you think you know what he's going to do, like I might have thought, oh, is Boucher going to start tonight? Yep. No, no, no. I'm going to start Rondé. Leave Boucher in the same spot. Like he plays such great Jedi mind tricks with the dudes to like keep them honest, keep them developing at the right pace. Yeah. Keep Boucher hungry. Don't yeah. give him the start. Yeah. Nah, keep him hungry. Make him, like, he might think, oh, you're going to get mega minutes tonight? Nah, 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 bro. You still got to keep working. Yeah. And, and I like that. I appreciate that fact. And I think that's been so much of the key this season as well because you're dealing with a lot of young cats in the sense that, look, Terrence Davis didn't really play that well tonight, mm -hmm. and that's okay. That's all right. You still have your lead dogs. And that's been the beauty of watching this Toronto Raptors team because they get it done a different way, night in, night out. And that's been the key. And, I mean, to go into the All-Star break, you have one more game against the Brooklyn Nets, mm -hmm. who I think coming off that last loss, Brooklyn, it'll be an interesting one. I, I yeah. doubt Kyrie. I'm guessing Kyrie's probably not going to play because it's the first game until the, the break. break. You might as well give him the might extended as, break. Exactly. But Karis LeVert came out. I bet you Nick Nurse is cooking up something different right away. Like, there's no chance Karis LeVert is going for 37 again. No. Like, you just see the Raps coming up with some type of defensive mindset to, like, slow him down that the same thing's not going to happen twice. I'd be stunned. Yep. And if you're talking about going into the break on a 16-game win streak, man. <laughs> And then hopefully coming back with, with a, 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 if not a full squad, a fuller squad. Because mm -hmm. Norm's got to be on the mend. Yep. We already know their their plan was to hold out Marcus Gasol until after the uh, until after the break, anyways. So there's a lot going on. Uh, people also asking about the U.S. media, and this is where I'll stress to you guys. Okay, have an understanding that the majority of the U.S. media does not watch the Raptors. So take what they say with the grain of salt. Exactly. Right? Like, most of them don't watch Raptors games. And I get it. I understand it. Because I'll ask all of us, how many people watching this pod, how many non-Raptor games do you watch regularly? Like, if we picked some, like, let's say the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. 
right? Denver's a top team in the West, but how many Denver Nuggets games are y'all checking for that you could give an actual breakdown of why the Denver Nuggets are good? Yeah. So now turn that around and now understand why, you know, there's this whole debate and now there's going to be a rush. You see Perk on the wave. You see all these U.S. media guys now, they're going to try to be the first ones to be like, oh yeah, the Raps, the Raps, the Raps. Don't sleep on the Raptors. Don't sleep on the Raptors. And it's like, all y'all slept on the Raptors. (laughs) Exactly. Right? I mean, again, I was sitting here saying five to eight. That's where I think they're going to come in. And so clearly I was sleeping on the Raptors. And I mean, I'm okay with being wrong. Because they are putting in work. How how enjoyable. And you gotta also realize the the narrative, right? Like talking about the Raptors on ESPN is not getting you ratings in the US, right? Also they 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 have to pander to the to the LA's and the New Yorks and the you know, those Golden States and those teams, the Miami's, Philly Philadelphia, Boston. Right? That's because that's who's watching their show. Totally. Right? Totally, totally agree. This has been such a fun show. This has been such a fun ride because the way that the raps are doing it has been so much fun. We got so many people writing in. Cat uh, has a sleepover to celebrate D'Lo coming to town. <laughs> and Bead ver- versus Cat on Raptors discussion. Ugh. D-Bad is not happy with our discussion about Cat <laughs> versus Embiid. That's very funny. Uh, it's just been so much fun. There's so much going on. I think that the biggest thing to me going forward for the rest of this season is can this team just get healthy? Yeah. I don't care what the record is. I mean, you'd want to finish in second because as mentioned, you come in third and who knows what that first round matchup could be. Could Philly figure it out? You know, do you want to mess up with the Sixers? Do you want the Celtics? So the second seed is really important. So you want to keep winning all yeah. these games. That's why this win streak is so, so important. Because you hope to be healthy by the end of the year. And 54 games in, you're at the best record in franchise history. Is this Toronto Raptors team this year? (laughs) I mean, they're they're making a believer out of me. Right? I I didn't think they would finish as low as you thought. But, you know, to, to think with all of these injuries, for them to still be in second and pulling away... Yeah. Right. Right. Because I mean, two weeks ago, it was like you you could lose and legitly fall from second to sixth. Right. Yeah. Now there's some games in between. Like they they're up. I think it's two and a half or three games on the third place team. Yeah. Right. And they're doing that amongst all of these injuries. Countless now now surges was out. And, and I just, mean, it, it's crazy because to be honest, part of the reason why I thought they'd finish five to eight was because I thought injuries would come. Like, you look at the lineup and you think, Marcus Gasol's really old. He's going to miss a chunk. Kyle always misses a chunk. Fred hasn't been healthy for a full season. Norm always gets hurt. OG was hurt all last year. Pascal's first season being the man. Like, there are so many things. Norm always gets hurt. There's so many things where I thought, okay, well, injuries are going to come, and I don't think they'll be able to handle the injuries. Yeah. That was one of the main reasons why I was saying five to eight. Yeah. And instead... It's like the injuries have almost made them better Definitely. than they would have been because now you found all these like, you know, Rondé. blue chip prospects. Rondé, Matt Thomas can give you minutes when needed. Boucher can give you minutes when needed. Obviously, your favorite Raptor's favorite Raptor, Terrence Davis, can give you minutes when needed. Fred has emerged as a starting point guard in this. Like, yep. 
the injuries have almost helped them. And I know that sounds weird, but that's kind of how this season's played out, no? Yeah. And I think, you know what, I want to give, we were talking about coach of the year, and I think Masai needs to get executive of the year. And I know they're not, they're probably, he's probably not going to win it because they usually give it to like that GM that makes that, that, that trade, like, you know, the Lakers Hold GM. On. Did Masai even win it last year? I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. They give it, they think Milwaukee took everything. Yeah, I think you're right. Which also doesn't make sense. Yeah. Cause like if Masai can't win it last year when yeah. somehow he got Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> yeah. right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, so I think, yeah. So I think, I think he gets credit for, for, I mean, first for bringing in Terrence Davis, uh, Matt Thomas, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. Right, but none of those are, are really big names that are just gonna say like, "Oh, look what Masai did this year." But yeah. even the fact to just first, you're instilling this culture mm-hmm. to where a guy like a Boucher and a Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis can thrive in this culture, right? Yeah. And then the fact that you didn't trade away your vets, right? A lot of a lot of other GMs, Kyle would have been gone, Mark would have been gone, Serge would have been gone, right? For yeah. for picks. Totally true. To tore it up, right? But just, but the fact that he stuck with it, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. I agree with that for sure. I think this this has been so much fun, and I love the fact that the mentality's kind of been: these guys have earned it. These guys have earned this yeah. run, a chance to defend their NBA championship. And you know, I've enjoyed this regular season so much. And there is the reminder that the playoffs are a different beast. Yep. The playoffs are a different animal, and my mentality is I'm going to enjoy this regular season for what it is. When the playoffs come, it's a different season. It's a different beast altogether. Let's go. But you feel a hell of a lot more confident yeah. going into the playoffs than I would have thought they would have been going into the playoffs at the start of the year. Def- definitely. Right? And it just, I think it just shows that no, no matter who they play, they, they, they can switch up styles. Mm-hmm. If it's a defensive grind out game, there's not too many teams that are better defensively than Toronto. If it's a, if it's a run and gun game, we just seen the run and gun with. I mean, Minnesota's not a big team, but they they can still play that run and gun style. You know what I mean? I think the the different styles that they can play, along with the fact that I know we were complaining about, you know, they made a couple games that should have been blowouts. They made them close. Yeah. If you play the whole year, like when you watch Milwaukee. You're not going into the playoffs winning every game by 24 points. No, of right? course not. Can you grind out those games when it matters? And totally Milwaukee agree. doesn't really have too many games under their belt this year where they've even had to true experience that. Right. It's true. So the Raptors, even playing the Atlantas and the Orlandos and 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 the Minnesotas, where games were were close and you had to fight to get to, to get those leads and get those wins. All of that is going to play into the Raptors' hand come rap, come playoff time. Totally agree. Um, here's maybe the last comment we'll read here. <laughs> Alex says, who's better, Cat or Tony Batty? <laughs> <laughs> <Yo. laughs> That's dirty. You're not actually thinking about that. Come on, man. That's dirty biz. Shouts to Tony Batty, though. <laughs> I did, <laughs> Tony Batty, real ball heads will remember Tony Batty. And that's a disrespect to Cat, but that made me laugh. Still. I'm just saying, Tony Batty would have dunked on Fred. <laughs> right? If Fred Van Fleet ever tried to guard Tony Batty in the post, 
he's getting posterized. I see who's better, Cat or JaVale McGee. Yo, the honestly, go through the Instagram feed. There's so much jokes here. People just dissing Cat. It's incredible. So much fun, man. I had so much fun on this podcast reading all these comments. You guys have been jokes. This has been great. As we continue to enjoy the best, the best win streak in franchise history. As your Toronto Raptors have now won 15 games in a row after a 137-126 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Q, we got one more game before the All-Star All break. break. Let the people know where they can find you, where they can hit you up, where they can give you more people to rate as being better than, <laughs> <laughs> than Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, man, peoples, peoples, again, appreciate all the love. Appreciate you guys showing up every night. Um, appreciate all the people that hollered at me during the week. You can reach me personally at simply underscore just underscore Q. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Or, again, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at DDS Caps. Also, check out DDScaps.com. We still got some stuff on for sale. Hopefully this snow is done soon. We can bring some some new hats and some stuff out for the spring and summertime. I uh, got Gordon checking in and says, "Hey, bro, circle your calendar for Raptors at and the Bucks in TO. Hopefully we are at 18 wins in a row come that game. Woo wee! Lots going I on. I might have Ra- to go to that game. I get some tickets. Raps fans are hype right now, and I don't blame you." Again, Raptors win their 15th straight game, 137 to 126 over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Pascal Siakam getting spicy with 34 points, five rebounds, five, or sorry, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, one block, just cause. Your man's Kyle Lowry back in the lineup again, 27 points, 11 assists. OG, a career high, 25 points, 12 rebounds for OG Ananobi, and no surge, no problem. Rondé steps up with 21 points. Massive win for the Toronto Raptors. Maybe a little humble pie for the T-Wolves in their first game with D'Angelo Russell as he finishes with 22, Towns finishes with 23, and it's not nearly enough against the Toronto <laughs> Raptors who just continue to be a juggernaut. One more game before the All-Star break, but the Toronto Raptors currently sit with their best record after 54 games in franchise history at 40 and 14. What a time to be alive if you're a Toronto Raptors fan. 15 straight wins. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in. Whether you do live on Twitter for the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors interactive post-game show on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in and taking your comments and questions there. Same thing goes for Instagram at Shell Alex at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram. And of course, please support the pod. Like and subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. Like, rate, all that fun stuff on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, all those places. Tell your friends. Get them to jump on the wave because this is the Wrap It Up podcast and we do a big big things here as the Toronto Raptors continue their march towards repeating as NBA champions. See you guys next game on Wednesday because, as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, 
unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.